putting yourself out there and showing up can feel very intimidating. But the more you do it and the more you say it, the more you'll believe in yourself to achieve it. Even if at the beginning it felt like I was telling myself a lie, I just kept saying it. And every time those words came out of my mouth, I got more and more confident. I got more and more into the belief that this was in fact the journey that I'm on and one day I will achieve it. Hi friends and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur who started with a small blog and now I am the CEO of the LaRue brand, a lifestyle business and branding studio for women entrepreneurs building intentional lives and intentional businesses. But don't fret, this podcast is for everybody. I created this podcast with the intent to offer people a safe space to land and learn about the journey we're all on together. It's not just about being happy. It's about healing, getting to know yourself and living intentionally, which is why this podcast is the right place for all of you beautiful souls showing up ready to change your life. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. I think this episode in particular is highly anticipated and I have a high excitement for recording this episode. This is my Forbes 30 under 30 recap for you guys. I'm so excited to be sharing this experience with you and letting you guys know what I pulled away from this conference. It was so inspiring, so motivating, and truly extraordinary to be surrounded in a room full of other young visionaries. It's been a really long time since I felt that way, being surrounded by so many inspiring people with so many different visions for this world and ways that they are changing the world and ways that they are affecting the world. And it it really was just one of the most extraordinary experiences in my life. So I'm really excited to share it with you guys. I wasn't sure how I kind of wanted to format this episode, so I thought I would tell you first about the actual experience itself, how the conference and summit was set up and, you know, how everything worked. And then I could tell you my personal sentiments that I pulled away from this conference. So without further ado, this is my recap for the Forbes conference. I'm so excited to be sharing this with you guys. So a little bit of backstory first before I dive into the actual summit. So for the last year or so, it's been actually, no, cut that for the last I would say about six months or so. It's been a primary goal of mine that I really need to start growing my network within the kind of entrepreneurship community and the particularly women in entrepreneurship community. So I've had this goal for a while. It's not something I've been actively pursuing. But when I really got the idea for the community, which was honestly like a year ago, but when I really started to say like, okay, this is going to be the next step. This is going to be the next phase of the business. I need to start figuring out how I'm going to develop this out. I knew that a part of that would be growing my own personal network in this field and in this niche. And I think I've always had a lot of scarcity and a lot of fear around this goal. And I think I've shared this sentiment with you guys leading up to me going to this conference. But what I do isn't exactly easy to explain in a sentence. And that feels very different from a lot of other entrepreneurs who are in tech, finance, fintech, all of these different areas where they could literally say, I run a tech startup and you immediately understand what that means. Now, of course, there's a lot more background, I'm sure, to what they do, but it's easily explainable in a sentence or two. And that was one of my primary 
nerves leading up to this conference was I wasn't positive how I was going to explain who I am and what I do. Now, I'll touch back on that as we go into this podcast and more towards the end because that fear turned into so much confidence, which I'm so excited to share with you guys. But anyways, so going back to the networking, that was my goal. It's one of my big goals leading up to launching the community, and I knew I really needed to pursue growing my network. And as you guys know, my goal is to make the Forbes 30 under 30 list. So if you're unfamiliar with what this list is, it is a list obviously gathered by Forbes of visionaries that they publish each year. So people who are true change makers in their industry. Now the list is broken up into 15 separate categories. So for example, uh, marketing, social impact, social media, finance, food and wine, all of these different categories. And there's 15 different categories. And then within each category, 30 people are chosen to make the list. And then within each of those 30 people, there are the top two people in each industry. And that is the final like Forbes 30 people under the age of 30 list, right? So there's 300 people in total who make the list. And then they're the top two in each category that are like the final Forbes 30 under 30. So anyways, <laughs> so that's my goal is to one day make this list. And like I said, these are people who are true change makers in their industry, in their category, and people who are really extraordinary visionaries, young people who have gained a social impact, venture capital, and made a big difference in whatever that they are doing. So my goal is to make that list one time. And I said to myself, okay, well, how can I learn more about this list? How can I get my name just a little bit out there with Forbes? And how can I learn more about it, but also grow my network and go networking? And then I saw, hey, they're doing the Forbes 30 under 30 summit. This is probably a really good idea for me to attend. <laughs> so I saw that it was happening. They started advertising it a while ago, like early summer. And it was simmering there. I saw it. It was in the back of my head. I didn't bite the bullet. I kept seeing it. I kept seeing it. And then I saw the announcement that ticket prices were going to go up from $750 to $3,000. So that's a major difference. I was definitely willing to spend $750. I definitely was not willing to spend $3,000. So I saw that the price was going to go up and I called my mom and I was like, hey, I essentially need you to talk me into this decision because I know I want to do it and I know I should do it. But I can't really bite the bullet right now because I'm scared. So I called my mom. I told her about the conference and she was immediately like, yes, yes, yes. This is such a good spend of your money. First of all, it's a write off. So plus plus there. Second of all, it's just such a good way for me to, like I said, grow my network, get my name just a smidge out there with Forbes and learn about how to make the list. So essentially, I decided to do it and I bought the ticket like I think it was a week or two before my birthday. And I was really in that like, oh, my God, the, the closing chapter of 25 is happening. And I'm really excited to turn 26 and see what this next phase is going to bring. And if you also want to learn more about that, I just recently did a, you know, recently as in yesterday. Yesterday was October 15th, which also marked my three year business anniversary which feels so special to me. And I did a little bit of a recap on my Instagram story. So if you want to go see that, go click the highlight tab that says my story and watch through. It was really 
honestly, it was very self-inspiring to see that recap and, and see how much I truly achieved in the last three years. And a lot of people had very similar sentiments to add, which made me feel really extraordinary. So anyways, go back and listen to that. But I realized, okay, it's time to start putting myself out there. And when the closing chapter of 25 was happening, I said, you know what, why not? So I bought the ticket, booked my hotel, got everything ready, booked my flight, did the thing. Now, don't ask me why I was in Cleveland. I'm honestly not quite sure. But I come to find out at the conference that the last three were in Detroit, barring COVID times. And then the next three are in Ohio, but in changing cities. So this year was Cleveland. And then the next two are going to be one in Cincinnati and one in Columbus. I don't know. They must have like run up some massive deal with Ohio State, but whatever. So I booked it and I got really pumped. So as you guys know, I bought business cards. If you follow me on Instagram, I got these gorgeous business cards. I started talking to a ton of my friends, my mentor about, hey, how do I approach this? And at first I was going at it from a very analytical point of like, okay, I need to have an elevator pitch. I need to think about like how I can close clients. But then as I thought about it more and more, especially when it became like very fast approaching, I didn't want to go in there with any expectations. I just wanted to go. This was my first time experiencing something like this. My first time going to something, a conference like this. And I really just wanted to absorb the experience and learn, walk away with some really good tidbits, perhaps walk walk away with some really strong connections in the network. And that would be it. If I signed clients, awesome. If I found people that wanted to work with me, awesome. But if I didn't, at least I went there. I learned a lot. I walked away from it feeling really inspired, feeling really motivated and with some good connections, which is exactly what I did. So now moving into the conference, it comes time. I get there Sunday and day one was essentially just like kind of check in, get your get your tag and like let them know you're alive well in here. And then Sunday night was the 30 under 30 concert where they have always headliners. But this year the headliner was Halsey and Lado performed as the opener. And it was just kind of like a happy hour networking and then the concert. And then Monday and Tuesday were the bulk of the summit with lots of different speakers. And so speakers included a lot of people at the top of their industry, former listers and current listers and people from Forbes. So people who worked at Forbes, who moderate the list, who help create the list, who are writers for Forbes, etc. So if you didn't follow me on Instagram and you didn't see everything that was happening, some of the really exciting speakers and people in their industry was, you know, exciting to a lot of people. Kendall Jenner speaking for 818. Very cool to see that. Um, Alex Earl, our favorite trendsetter, got to speak on the influencer side of things. Machine Gun Kelly performed and spoke about his business. Uh, He, I guess, I didn't even know this, but was creating or is creating and has launched a coffee brand and he was also a Cleveland alum born and bred there I assume Uh, so he got to speak Pinky Cole who is the founder of Slutty Vegan I'm sure a lot of you have heard she got to speak she was amazing and so inspiring Uh, Paige McCoskey from Aviator Nation also a former lister Uh, Vivian Tu who is the founder of Your Rich BFF I'm obsessed with her I found her on TikTok ages ago she's amazing and she spoke So as you can see, lots of really amazing speakers, lots of really amazing change makers in the industry got to speak. 
But then also, you know, there were there were lots of conversations that I wasn't particularly interested in. And I know a lot of other people in the conference as well weren't always interested in like everything that was happening. So this is what I found what was truly amazing and super honestly, like the most productive part of the conference was if you weren't interested in like hearing the current talk that was happening at the main stage downstairs in this like really cool vintage building. It was very old. I think it was the former, I think this is what they said, the former induction hall for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So like very, very old architecture, like rounded ceilings, beautiful big hall. It was very cool. Anyways, the downstairs portion was all dedicated to in-house networking. So networking with other people that were attending the conference. So something very exciting that I was kind of nervous about, but then realized once I got there how crazy beneficial it was is that Forbes connected with the app called Brella which is like an in-house networking app to use for events like this every person attending the conference got to make a profile and then based on like what your business is what you're interested in who you're interested in networking with etc it like kind of pairs you <laughs> one of the girls that I really connected with uh, her name is McKenna and she's from LA owns a very badass woman-owned business her and I kept saying it was like kind of like a dating app, like Hinge or something, where you find like someone you're kind of, you know, connected with based on your filters. And then they match you with people and say like, it literally says your matches. And then you get to message them and network. And the downstairs portion was all dedicated to setting up times to network with people. So I scrolled, scoured, and powered through this like massive list. There were, you guys, there were 5,000 people that attended this conference. Like so many people were there. Anyways, so I, I scoured through this app and scoured through all of the people that were attending. And I messaged probably a dozen people in advance. And I received about the same amount of messages in advance to set up times to chat. So if I thought they were in alignment with me or, you know, vice versa, then we set up a time to chat during one of the comp like one of the times where the main stage performance wasn't really something I was interested in. So, for example, like they talked about fintech. There was a really uh, I heard it was cool, but I wasn't there. A very interesting conversation around like how uh, the weed industry is changing and all of these different things. So for the conversations that I didn't feel particularly drawn to or didn't feel like they were in alignment with my business, I set up times to chat with other people attending the conference. This was by far the most beneficial part of it. Getting to hear other people's stories, other people's visions, why they were there, perhaps if they were sent. There was a really good majority of people who were from Cleveland or were sent by, you know, their like corporate companies. There were people there from like Chase, Goldman Sachs, like all of these different industries. And that was really cool to hear their stories as well uh, as to why they're kind of crossing that corporate and entrepreneurship bridge at the same time, which was really interesting. So I got to meet a lot of really cool people. I got to set up these times. And then for like lunch, they had food trucks set up for us. And then at night, the first night, there was a bar crawl that went from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. You can bet your bottom dollar my butt was in bed at like 10, no, 11. I was in bed at 11. But you know me and my old grandma wellness way of life. But that was really fun. The conference itself definitely was geared towards people who were in their 20s. That's all I'll say. It was so fun. It was 
definitely very different from what I imagine most conferences are like, which I'm assuming is the primary goal for Forbes. They want to attract people who want to be on the list, who are change makers, but also are their age. You know, we're not we're not young kids. We're not just graduating from college, really. Uh, there were some people there, that, but there were mostly people between like 25 and 30, I would say. But anyways, the conference itself was truly extraordinary. The experience of it was so much fun and it really did have so much cause for me to put myself out there. So obviously this is the part that you want to hear. This is, this truly was one of the most amazing experiences of my life and Honestly, I feel like a lot of people see me as someone who is very ready, willing, and able to put myself out there. I'm very talkative. I'm very personable. And I, it, it's very easy for me to forge a somewhat deep connection with a lot of people. I am very compassionate. I have a lot of empathy. I'm very able to empathize with someone with the majority of emotions that we experience, right? So most people would see me as someone very comfortable going to these types of things. And in normal situations, I would say I am as far as like just being thrown into a very large group of people. I'm not someone like if I'm going out with friends or going to somewhere where I don't know anyone, I'm not typically someone who needs a holding hand. I'm very good at entering a room of people and just putting myself out there and being like, hey, I'm Lauren, like, you know, whatever. If it's like a social situation or a party or whatever. But this felt very different. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I did feel very intimidated as to what I was going to say to people. I was very nervous, especially, and I'll, I'll be really honest, especially when it came to like a guy coming up to me. And this did happen a select couple of times where I introduced myself and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I say, I own a business that supports women. Essentially, you know, obviously I was much more elaborate and I'll say what I said uh, in a little bit. But there were a couple interactions where people were like, but why women? Like, don't you want to serve more people? Again, being very honest, I did find myself trying not to get snarky because my business is something that has been founded and built and born from something that is so personal to me, so near and dear to my heart. And it, it's come from a time in my life where I experienced probably what will be the hardest time in my life. And it has now blossomed into something that is a mission very close to me, which is empowering women. And that's why I work only with women. I believe there is a gap, like most people in this world, where women are mistreated, specifically women of color, women from backgrounds that are diverse or consequential to, you know, the world we live in. And I'm not okay with that. And I want to be someone who helps forge change when it comes to women being able to run their own businesses and being respected for it. So... I found myself trying to hold back, but for the majority of the people that I got to introduce myself to, every time I made my introduction, it got stronger, I felt more confident, and people were more impressed. The majority of responses I got from, hey, I'm Lauren, this is what I do, were amazing and so empowering and so fulfilling. People found a lot of depth and a lot of need for what I was saying. So without skirting around it anymore, I thought I would give you guys, <laughs> let me throw my hair over my shoulder. 
I thought I would give you guys my formal introduction because at the beginning, like I said, I wasn't really sure what I was going to say. I didn't have a so-called elevator pitch and I wasn't positive of should I introduce myself like of who I am now and what the business is now? Should I add in an introduction of like what I want the business to be, aka the community and, and where it's going? I just wasn't sure. So at the beginning, that introduction, at the beginning of the conference, that introduction was very wavered. But by the time that conference ended, you guys, my head was held high and I was ready to be the boss ass bitch that I am (laughs) showing up and telling people who I am, what I do, and most importantly, what I want to do. So when I would introduce myself to someone, I said, hi, I'm Lauren. I own a business coaching and luxury brand strategy firm, but I am currently in the process of moving out of the one-on-one space and I want to empower more women. I want to have a broader reach. So I am launching an online community come January. And then over the next year, as we build out the online community, I'll be pitching my vision to investors, gaining venture capital so that I can invest in a brick and mortar co-working space But the highlight and the big difference between a woman-founded and women-empowering co-working space between mine and so many others that do exist right now is that we will be offering in-house resources to women in business. So essentially what this means is that you will find everything that you need to be a successful business owner, to be successful at your life, and for in-house like business resources like business coaching, branding, strategy, etc. in-house. Meaning LaRue will have a laundry list of freelancers living under it so that women at any investment level and at any stage of their business can find whatever business resource or whatever lifestyle resource they're looking for directly within LaRue. So what makes this so congruent and so extraordinary is that it's completely cyclical. You will never have to go outside of LaRue to find what you're looking for. We are literally empowering women with other empowering women to build out the business that they need. Y'all, if I could drop this podcast mic, I freaking would. How badass does that sound? I am, oh, I have chills. Seriously, I felt so insecure, not about the vision, because honestly, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, damn, like, where where is your fucking parade of celebrators walking behind you? Because that's fucking badass. I was insecure in the part of pitching myself. Did I sound confident? Did I sound like this was a vision and it was a it was a pipe dream or did this sound like no, I'm in the process of doing this and this is what I do and this is what I'm going to do. And I think at the beginning, my fear was that it was the one. And then as I went through the conference, it was the latter. And I realized at the end how truly confident I sounded. And I also found the time and the the space to give myself the recognition for what I was actually doing to believe the words that were actually coming out of my mouth, to say like, no, this is this is what I'm going to do. I am going to own a brick and mortar co-working space that is for women, run by women, and supports women. Like, it took a lot for me to get to this space where I could believe those words. And I'm so, so proud of myself that I have gotten to a space where I truly do. 
putting yourself out there and showing up can feel very intimidating. But the more you do it and the more you say it, the more you'll believe in yourself to achieve it. Even if at the beginning it felt like I was telling myself a lie, I just kept saying it. And every time those words came out of my mouth, I got more and more confident. I got more and more into into the belief that this was in fact the journey that I'm on and one day I will achieve it. And that is such a parallel sentiment to the idea of shifting your mindset in general. So many people ask, and, and this is this is conversations I've had with friends, with colleagues, with clients, with everybody. So many people ask in the beginning of going through like a mindset shift journey, how do you actually become to believe it if at the beginning what you're saying feels like such a lie? So for example, if you are someone who struggles with body positivity and you are consistently telling yourself, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I hate how I look, whatever it is, and you hear other people saying it to you, which in this world and in this day and age of social media is very much a possibility that hate exists all over the world. And it's so out of hand, but neither here nor there. If you're someone who struggles with body positivity and you're hearing all these comments and then you're further repeating them to yourself by looking in the mirror and saying, I am so ugly, I hate how I look, I'm so fat, blah, blah, blah. You're furthering those neural pathways every time you say that thought to yourself. Every time you think it, every time you say it, every time you look in the mirror and roll your eyes. Now, the the mindset work consists around you changing that sentiment to being, I love my body. Now, on day one, when you're looking in the mirror and you say, I love my body, your brain is not going to believe it because you've created a neural pathway that has been poked, prodded, and pruned for years or however long it's been that says you hate your body and you think you're ugly. So you might say it in the mirror and roll your eyes and be like, in your head, think, oh, that's not fucking true. I hate my body. But you've said it. Day two, you're going to say it in the mirror. Maybe you say it five times instead of just one. Day three, You're going to say it the moment you wake up and the moment you fall asleep. You're going to say it 10 times in the mirror. You're going to text it to yourself. You're going to send an email to yourself. Day four, five, and so on. It's getting more and more repetitive. You're finding more ways to integrate it. You're taking a walk. You're getting your exercise in and thinking, God damn, I look fine today. I love my body. You're putting on the cutest outfit to go out for dinner and drinks with friends. And you're like, oh, I look fine as hell, right? You're getting more and more into the believability that what you're saying is true. This is such a consistent topic in the mindset shift community of how do I believe it in the beginning because I have believed something different for so long. The truth is you don't. You don't believe it in the beginning. It is a lie. You are essentially telling yourself a lie, whether it's about your body, how smart you are, how much money you make, what your worth is, etc. No matter what topic it is, at the beginning, it's always going to feel like a lie. That's okay. Because the moment you say, I love my body, I am worth so much, I have so much money in the bank, I blah, 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 fill in the blank, whatever feels right for you. The moment you say it, you are starting a new neural pathway. Now, granted, that neural pathway is about a grain of sand large compared to the whole beach you've created for the mean sentiments you've been saying to yourself, but you've started it. Day two, that grain of sand doubles. Day three, it triples. Day four, etc. 
until eventually all it takes is 66 days for you to believe what you're saying is true. Now, granted, it took me all of like three days to believe what I was saying, but that's also because I've been working on that work for years. But all it takes is 66 days for your brain to believe something differently. So at that 66 day mark, even if you've only lost, again, you know, aligning with the the body positivity goal, let's say your goal is to lose 20 pounds. In 66 days, you're not going to lose 20 20 pounds in a healthy way, right? So let's say you've lost two pounds, but you've made progress. And the most progress you've made is mentally. Every hurdle we try to leap will always be most difficult in our mind because we have been told, we have practiced, and we have believed for however long that we are not capable of what we want to achieve. Whether it's weight loss, whether it's an entrepreneurship goal, whether it's a mindset goal, a uh, self-fulfillment goal, whatever it is, society teaches us not to dream big. That's just it. And that's okay because we're taught to dream small because dreaming big requires scarcity. It requires fear. It requires betting on yourself. It requires a very large element of the unknown. And people are scared of that. And that's okay. We can unlearn that. We can behave differently. We can teach ourselves to believe differently. So essentially, when I was at Forbes, what I was doing was creating and pruning and poking and prodding at a new neural pathway that I've been developing for a long time now. And as I kept saying it, I I kept believing it. I kept believing it more and more every time I said it until the end of the conference when I called my parents. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I had to pack for an early flight the next morning, but I was running on so much adrenaline. And I called my parents and I was like, hey, I perfected my pitch You've got to hear this. It's so badass. And I said it without any lumps, any bumps, any hitches, any stops. I said it. My parents' jaws were on the floor. Now, of course, they're my parents. They're always going to be proud. But still, I said it and I felt like like I legitimately got chills as I was saying it. And think whatever you may of that. If it's selfish, it's selfish. I don't care. I was so freaking proud of what I had achieved in that moment and over those the course of those two days, it wasn't signing clients. It wasn't building a network of 100. It was, I have believed now more than ever in my entire life that I am capable of achieving what I just said. Let that sink in. I now, more than ever, feel capable of achieving what I say I'm going to achieve. That is not something a lot of people can say. That is the truth. That is the truth. I have been given the gift and the ability to believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. And for a very long time, like a very long time, those words first started out feeling like a complete lie. Like I was joking myself. Like I was setting myself up for failure. For a very long time of this entrepreneurship journey, I always felt like I was setting myself up to fail, that I was just elongating the process of finally calling it quits one day and getting a nine to five and going into the corporate world and doing someone else's job and following someone else's vision, one that wasn't my own. For so long, it felt like I was just putting off that process. And granted, it's been a long time now, like about the last, I would say definitely the last year, like once I turned 25, 
things in my life really started to shift. And it was then that I started believing so much of what I was saying. But it wasn't until so recently, in the last two weeks, that as I was saying it, I was believing the words that were coming out of my mouth. I was believing that I was capable of achieving these things. I was believing that I was capable of sharing this vision with someone and having them say, hell yes, where do I write the check? Where do I invest? And I don't know about you, but for me, every moment of my life leading up to this has never felt more promising, more motivating, and more empowering. I've never in my life felt more empowered than I did walking away from that conference, believing every word that was coming out of my mouth. So my message to you, take that leap. Do whatever it is that will get you to that moment, whether it's attending a conference like this, however you think you need to put yourself out there, do it. Like I said, putting yourself out there and and showing up, it can feel so impossible. It can feel like you're an inch tall. You're so small. It can feel like you're a grain of salt, like I said, in in a beach full of big believers and big dreamers. And while that might be true, you're a part of that beach. You get to be a part of something so much bigger. And there was a lot of me that never believed that coming from a small town with, you know, and this, this isn't to say anything disrespectful, but I never grew up around people that dreamed so big. I never did. I was always that person. People always ta- told me I was that person. So when I went to college in Manhattan, that was the big change for me. That was the big shift of being around other people who had other really big dreams. And going to this conference just further reminded me of that. So whatever it is you need to do to put yourself out there, to dream big, to believe whatever you're saying, go do it. It will be the best decision you make. Just go do it. Make the investment. Invest in yourself. Dream big. Put yourself out there, say it a hundred thousand times in the mirror and you'll believe it and it'll come true. So that is the wrap for this podcast. I really hope that this feels just as inspiring to you to hear it as it did for me to experience it and record it. And if you want to come with me next year to the conference, let me know. I am absolutely going to be going until I make that damn list. You better believe it. That's what I've got for you guys today. I love you all so, so dearly, and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.